You're listening to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast with your host, Namratha Bagaria. Welcome to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast. My name is Namrata Bagaria and I'm your host. My guest today is Mrs. Preeti Srivastav. Preeti is living in New Delhi, India, and she has a 35-year career in corporate world. At present, she's speaking to us as the Sustainability Growth Advisor for Navratna Foundation, which is also based in New Delhi. Welcome, Preeti. Thank you, Namrata. Excited to be here with you. It is my pleasure. And... uh, Preeti, usually we introduce our speakers to the listeners. So my first question to you is, please, can you tell a little bit about yourself? Uh, Where are you in the present health ecosystem and what are your top three mandates in that? Okay, Uh, I've been, as you have already told, I've been a corporate person for 35 years of my life. I'm still working with a corporate, but my passion and my heart is in sustainable uh, growth uh, development projects. Uh, I love to work for communities. I've been working for them off and on uh, as a volunteer for last five to six years. But now I formally joined uh, a full-time volunteer with Navratan Foundations, uh, which is working uh, not directly in health, but it's working with the underprivileged women on skill development so once you start working with them, health is something you cannot ignore. Uh, the NGO works for out-of-school children. So we are working on child health. And we are also working on mental health with hashtag uh, reach out, which I can talk later. Awesome. So given your you know, long and extensive career, which has been inspiring so, so many people, including myself, Can you tell us what are the top three challenges that you faced and what are you doing about it now? Okay, I'll talk about, according to me, three challenges as a country first. Okay. So I think uh, India has made considerable progress in the past years, but still the top three, according to me, is affordability and cost of healthcare. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is something uh, we need to work and get affordable healthcare right till the last mile. Mm -hmm. Second, I think is the health workforce density. Mm -hmm. India is one of the lowest density of healthcare. Though we have uh, midwives, we have physicians, we have nurses, we have a lot of informal uh, setup uh, like ASHA workers Mm -hmm. and the midwife concept is there. There are a lot of volunteers and informal manpower working in the health center but we need to structure it somehow so that the density increases in terms of, uh, you know, a very organized sector. Mm-hmm. And the most important where I would like to personally contribute is lack of health awareness. Mm. Uh, while health awareness has spread considerably, major gaps still remain. Areas that particularly require attention, uh, according to me, include child and adolescent health, especially in India. Then uh, sexual and reproductive health care, uh, maybe food and nutrition, 
a lot of lifestyle aspects uh, with uh, you know with the growing modern lifestyles and mental health which not only in india but globally and something which has been talked about uh, on the social media every day so we need to have a lot of campaigns uh, by the government uh, by the corporate world and by individuals to you know make everybody aware of the right awareness so there are a lot of uh, misconceptions we have so these are the three as far as the country is concerned personally since uh, i've always worked at uh, uh, the community level what i found is that the biggest gap is that health is not a priority anywhere and not as a community not as an individual mm -hmm. so my role and the role of my ngo is to talk to the women of the house the men the children and tell them that while so for them uh, livelihood is top priority that how do we earn money and you know how do we take care of the family but and in that doing that they uh, avoid uh, any uh, precautions they need to take on their health so for me the most important is how can i motivate them and tell them that for you health is very important if you don't care take care of a health in the limited means they have mm -hmm. second what we want to do is uh, education on hygiene one is personal health education on hygiene is very important because the kind of uh, infrastructure we have in the communities in the slums in the villages sometime a small community even between a metro the sewage system the garbage the drains uh, uh the kind of housing they have so again i'm using the word limited resources in the limited resources they have we would like to tell them that hygiene in the house and outside in your neighborhood is very important and the third is that they should know link them to the government uh, programs on healthcare immunization uh, child nutrition early uh, breastfeeding uh uh the care uh, girl hygiene you know on periods and other things the awareness is not there if the awareness is there they don't know what to do so me and my ngo would like to become the link like a mentor hold their hand and introduce them to all these facilities it's very fascinating <laughs> as i hear you speak because it reminds me of my entire career back in india <laughs> um yes, and there's so much to do there is so much to do and uh, we've been doing these things for many years and i think we've definitely for the past like i've been doing this since i don't do it now but 2005 when we i started off i think i was in my second year medical college and we have something called psm preventive and social medicine i think they call it community health in north india yes. um so different like different parts of india the subject is called differently but i remember like we had to go do these community visits and understand how the family dynamics works what are the awareness and 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 sometimes you know while you sit and work in the tech sector like where i am now uh and you're creating for another kind of demography uh, solutions and products when you look back one of the key things towards successful digital transformation is baseline literacy not just literacy like education how to read that uh, you know the text and all that but also 
health literacy, also emotional literacy. And I think the kind of work that you're mentioning is, is really important because it's a multi-pronged approach that we need to take. And, and technology definitely can help in, in, in terms of being an enabler for those kind of solutions. But I personally feel the fact that you mentioned health is not a priority and I'm guilty as charged. Um, I didn't have a lot of similar challenges but I think it also comes down to the culture, the culture of the country that you come from. For example, now when I'm in Canada, personal health, not a priority for everybody, but by and large, people do value work-life balance. Like, you know, there is by and large, those boundaries are there. And that was something I learned how to adapt to because I was used to that. I, you know, I grew up in Mumbai and being a person from Mumbai, you're always fast and furious, you know, and very curious. So um, I remember something one of the doctors told me the three things you should avoid hurry, worry and curry, you know. <laughs> so as you're talking about that, I'm thinking and I think it's it's kudos to work at that grassroots level because uh, as you know, these kind of changes are not overnight. They are generational changes, the shift in, you know, the outlook of a person. You know, it has become uh, even uh, more difficult uh, during COVID. If I can just tell you uh, my experience in the last uh, three months during mm -hmm. the lockdown, see the whole world is talking on social media and otherwise that, you know, we should have social distancing. We should have hand washing hygiene. We should wash our hands uh, you know, mm -hmm. 10 times a day. We should wear a mask. It is for, you know, the educated and the elite who mm -hmm. are on television, on smartphones, and who are aware of what's happening around. But in the communities where I'm working in the slums, uh, you know, there are about six people in a very small room, like, I'm sorry to say, but like maybe a size of a bathroom in my house. Mm -hmm. how, how do you talk to them on social distancing? And what do you tell them? They don't have water, enough water to cook uh, uh, the day's meal. How do you tell them? Yeah. And even a problem, even telling them to wear a mask at certain places, it's a, a cultural issue also. So we really have to work you know, at a very local level in the language and the way they understand. So we went uh, door to door, though uh, it was very, very difficult because I was not getting volunteers uh, yeah. uh, to go and have, uh, you know, physical interaction. So we took all the precaution. We went and uh, we told them, we arranged what worked really is because it is also a very uh, anxious and uh, tense time for them. There's a lot of fear. Yeah. Because these are the people who are daily wagers, who have lost their jobs. The kids are not going to school. Uh, they have very uh, less saving left. So there's all, so you're when you're going and talking about anything, it's more of that emotional, psychological uh, motivation you have to give because they're full of fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And they are the people who have hit the more, most of them were migrants uh, mm -hmm. who didn't know how to travel to their uh, native state. So what we did to keeping all this in mind, we did small, uh, what we call Nukkar Natak. Mm -hmm. It is, uh, 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 you know, a street play, if yeah. I could call it, in their own language. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, even uh, making some of the people from that village and slum being a part of it. 
and that really broke the ice for us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and through them we could tell that yes you cannot do social distancing but yes you have to keep personal hygiene you have to wear masks so we uh, so one of the things my ngos doing is because we used to support uh, underprivileged women on skill so keep keeping their financial uh, liabilities alive we told them that we will give you cloth and we'll tell you how to make masks so they are making masks and earning and we are distributing it free so we used to go to each house give them two to uh, uh, face mask cotton uh, face mask made tell them you have to wash them every day Mm. and uh, uh, tell them that you know within the given circumstances how you can keep yourself free what is the distance you should uh, keep when you are talking to somebody do, uh, do, you know oral hygiene mm -hmm. uh, if you have nothing you know at least you can boil water and take steam if you have what then we made a list of you know basic medicines we requested some doctors to come and gave them helpline numbers whatever we could do because the, the problem is very big but we always felt that even if we are able to change life of 100 people you know we are blessed and create a kind of a model a pilot project and uh, then talk about it so that you know somebody else does 100 so what i felt during covid is that it is more of individual effort more of non profits local non profits not mm -hmm. the one on the national and the international ones who understand the locals and they can help because they know so it is very different you can't have one kind of uh, social campaign or one kind of solution for everybody because the problem is very different at different places yeah. but uh, the efforts are on so this is uh, more on the side during covid what india also did good they came out uh, with uh, arogya setu app yeah. you must have heard yeah. about yeah. it where you clean your details and there's a server which uh, you know processes the data and alerts you if you have who you have like a covid positive in uh, 500 meters or one it's still work in progress but has become popular at least people have gotten to the habit of giving the status uh, we are doing more testings a very controversial and debated subject at least in my country i don't know globally but yes people are aware now and they're going and getting themselves uh, tested health insurance has increased in india which is a good positive part of it uh, because of covid uh, the health and wellness centers uh, are starting opening up and we'll have around uh, 150000 uh, centers by 22 then uh, uh, certain things uh, which have we have to improve is under 5 uh, morality rate Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, very less, uh, and now it is so. It's you know, it's a very uh, when you talk of data, and you see, it's uh, both positive and negative. Certain things in the health sector, awareness has increased about uh, what we need to do in one section of the society where yeah. it has been completely where I work. It's it was not a priority in COVID. It was absolutely gone because they said no. We just need to earn. Yeah. you know we need livelihood is our mantra we just need money to earn and you know live and have a, a proper dignified uh, two meals or three meals so what happens is when you even want to do good work you go for something else 
but you have to drop that agenda and address what they're asking you or you know you have to resolve their problems so if i say that you know we're working on health or as you said you have been working i you have maybe i i try and solve their uh, daily wage problem or education problem or uh, some other problem they have so it, it's kind of a mix it's it's more of hand holding right now if i may say uh, with the communities which i'm doing you know as you were speaking i'm remembering that uh, many years ago when i started the nonprofit uh, in mumbai initially it was about women's health actually but then once you hang out in the community what you realize is that as you said health is not a priority especially women's health is not at all a priority and what but they what they did need was um someone who can help with their kids you know like some hours away and we ended up opening like a balwadi which is like a preschool or a crash that we call and that and then through that we did a lot of interventions so i totally agree which is the basics of any kind of entrepreneurship including social entrepreneurship or this what you mentioned you may go with an idea but you need to know what the customer needs and wants and give them that not like what you want to give yeah, i'll give another example uh, you know uh, so when we went uh, and we were serving uh, the slums to find women who we could train on basic tailoring and uh, stitching we mm-hmm. found all the children uh, you know uh, just roaming around and you know trying to get into bed company and uh, then the thought came that you know we should open a as i said balwadi uh, a informal school yeah. which we could have within gyanpi so it's an informal school just outside the slum yeah. and we have made it in a kind of a hut but inside we have proper facilities we have about 150 children we call it navratan gyanpi and uh, that really was an eye opener because when we started talking we realized that uh, just giving them primary basic knowledge education is not enough there's so much you need to teach them you know on moral science on personal hygiene so you know, we used to call uh, you know guests uh, to to come and talk them about uh, you know uh, understanding gender at a young age good touch bad touch and we had stories so one of the girl i never forget she was i think 8 or 9 years old so when uh, we were explaining through actions and pictures and you know uh, by touching and telling them what is a bad touch she says oh but how can it be bad you know um, uh, my father and my uncle touch me every day here we have no answers to we 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 were out of words we didn't know so child abuse that led us to understanding how bad the child abuse is it's happening in their houses what do you do so right now i'm working uh, with a group of uh, communication professionals to do a social campaign on child abuse and then go to corporates and individuals and uh, tell them that please come and help us at least on the awareness yeah so i mean there's so much to do it's uh, and uh, just working on children because it's i think that's also health mental health is also health everything health is such a big spectrum exactly we just can't define and say okay it's is just your uh, you know these are the 10 elements which go into health because if you're see it's both ways if the physical health 
at this age is not good if they don't get proper nutrition it affects their mental health and if their mental health is not right then it affects the physical health so we have to come out with some kind of uh, you know balanced uh, package for them which is nutrition which is emotional and uh, social well being yeah i think we do need a balanced scorecard for health and that's yes. something you know which will only come out through civil societies i mean yes. as you're talking i'm thinking it's not just okay yeah we can say that in india there's a lot of poverty and this is a problem like here you in in north america people are protesting to wear masks people refuse to believe the level of denial that there is covid and covid yes. is a problem it's here too so it's not just this sector and 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 then coming to the sexual abuse of children i mean i don't want to name names but that's the thing in the news now that you hear people from families from you know uh, uh, media world who have been running rackets of these kind of things and it's 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 appalling because in times of covid domestic violence child abuse has multiplied many folds we don't even have the data for it and 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 it's just like a pandora's box right it's like well it was already there and now it's open now everybody knows and it's who can do what about it is the question and as you were talking and i'm listening and i remembered a few of our other conversations which we had last few times when we spoke it was about this the 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 people in the corporate world not just people in this segment of the society people are losing jobs people now are at home women are at home they have to manage home and office jobs and that mental health and the anxiety and the toll that being cooped up because you know indian homes are not so big like the way we have it in the western world mm-hmm. um you know those are different strata of the society but they also have a different level of problem you know yes so what we have also done uh, we have just started a campaign called social emotional reach program where it's just hashtag reach out so what we are telling people and creating awareness is that you know it first thing i want to uh, tell everybody i can that it's normal to be anxious it's normal to get depressed it's normal to get sad you know we can't be happy all the time these are very normal emotions and for a balanced personality you need to have a combination of all emotions but awareness is not there so if you are anxious and during this time where there's so much of uncertainty there's so much of fear for everything it is natural that you know these kind of emotions are on a rise so a simple so the simple solution is reach out reach out to your parents to your friends to your colleagues people like us we are circulating our numbers on the website and there's so many other helplines don't keep it inside because what is happening I'm, i also speak to my colleagues and this is across the board it's nothing to do what age uh, you know status working non working elite class it's it's uh, everywhere people are keeping inside they don't want to talk about it because they feel you know they don't want to tell that uh, you know they're going through some kind of i would not even call it depression it's just a state of mind where you don't know what to do so it's more due to covid due to environment due to uh, you know work from home uh, doing it is it's part of the new normal which we call so what we're just telling people is please talk reach out to somebody and just talk because uh, i take about uh, four to five uh, such cases every week and uh, i encourage them to talk 
and namrita you won't believe after talking for 10 minutes they are so relieved there is no problem left because they just need to vent out to somebody and tell them and they need people to listen so we need more people who are good listeners than uh, more people who can talk no oh, i could we have very few listeners uh, in the world i am living in so i tell people you need to develop good listening skills and that is a great help i, I remember 5 years back one of my friends uh, who's a doctor used to call me every saturday and he says i'm calling specially the elderly so you uh, you donate one hour of your time and just come hold their hand and let them talk whatever you will not say a word i never used to understand now i feel when i'm working on this that it's the best therapy at old age i have an 87 year old mother i have tried on her she's so lonely because i'm busy with my work in the other room so you know i've generally put time that where i just sit with her hold her hand and let her talk whatever she want to it is very important you know you touch such important points because even here the the name of the campaign uh, some of the corporations actually one of the corporations is running and sponsoring is called let's talk and that's for mental health and something i think i mentioned this to you but i'll mention it again so i was working on some ideas you know during this lockdown the first wave now we are in second wave in where i am so um in the first wave um i started like a couple of meetups you know one of them was just getting people together to talk um it was uh, called soulful saturdays and i mentioned that to you and we would talk about different topics you know grief anxiety blah blah so 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 that was something that helped everybody including myself and as a result of the learnings the other thing that i was doing was i started online workouts just like you know a couple of us exercising that led to a lot of people getting their friends they were mostly uh women uh, 70 and above and they started exercising and today i'm with founders institute incubating a startup to help women above 65 have fun friends and fitness online you know um so this and this is where that even having simple breakout rooms where they can talk 10 minutes to different people or just like talk like it is like what you're saying is so validating if you try to understand it's no matter which geography you are today that is the problem like and of course the nuances of how you talk and how you listen will change as per the context that we are in like in india or canada or within india different parts but i think one thing that's happened in times of covid it's become a leveler that these issues were there these issues were there everywhere it's just that who could market themselves better as we have a better health system or we have better this better that and guess what everybody's back to the square like the you know the ground zero absolutely i mean covid has not sparing you may be the richest man but there are people you know they have to get the same treatment it's the same mental level they are yeah and it's a lot of emotional resilience and a lot of uh, every kind of resilience that is needed to get out of this uh, and then to even become a person who's contributing like for example you and i and many people like us not just 
are self-centered and like you know bothered about ourselves of course we have to take care of ourselves but also at this time especially at this time how can you lend a hand lend your shoulder to someone metaphorically not physically <laughs> because then then that's that's going to cause covid again but uh, it's just it's just it is where the true human spirit unfolds in such times you know and this is these are the seeds of transformation which leads to my next question that given that we've spoken of the problems across strata across geographies what do you think should be the vision of the post covid health or as i call it health 4.0 Okay, you're uh, right. He said while the COVID pandemic has jolted the momentum, at least uh, global, and I'm talking of India's growth story, mm-hmm. and it has thrown open a sea of challenges, whether health or livelihood, economy. Yeah. But it has also shown the remarkable resilience of a nation of people, yes. which stands united by forging strong partnership among, uh, you know, the state, the government, civil society. community and the corporate sector creating a robust unified response system mm-hmm. so they are so it has brought people together and this realization that if they don't hold hands and they don't work together it, it's not going to individual efforts will not uh, you know change things so so my uh, learning and my messaging my path forward whatever you may call is this remarkable story of resilience of a nation which is india and i'm sure at other countries also and we have become more of a uh, i always used to say i'm a people's person but i think we all are showing that traits now we all are people's person and we need to just go out and help because we are not helping others you know we are helping ourselves and thank thanks to the technology i mean uh, i have never thanked technology uh, ever so much in my life as i'm doing which is letting people like you and me to talk to reach out to so many people in just a fraction of second absolutely absolutely so given that the vision will be connecting collaborative people oriented so humans first enabled by technological connections which are contextual and localized solutions and that's pretty much the story of digital transformation that people have been talking about um because if you bring the sustainability angle to this which you are an expert and i'm just going to touch a little bit upon like they say farm to fork or localized globalization or whatever they call that fancy words it's literally coming down to that right yes social distancing but well guess what we don't have space to distance so well wear the mask then you know oh, okay wait you don't have money for the mask you don't have money okay create so this kind of plethora of best practices which worked and and i'm sure if it's worked in say uh, in in slums of new delhi why wouldn't it work in the slums of say indonesia you know Absolutely. and these kind of things i mean hopefully through podcasting through different mediums it's not highly organized at this stage but at least it's an effort in that direction and as i said as many people i think we should not think of numbers right now even if we can change 10 lives worth it and you spoken sustainability so even sustainability has to be a collaborated effort so just to sum up as a country we need economic and financial uh, sustainability which is economic and social returns then environmental sustainability and climate resilience very important we should not forget this 
even if uh, during COVID, we have to find a solution to climate and natural disaster, how to preserve, uh, you know, natural environment, then social sustainability, poverty, social impact, engagement with communities, human rights, labor rights have become an issue, uh, preservation of our cultural uh, sustainability, and in the end, uh, institutional sustainability, where I feel we should align with global and national strategy, governance, and you know, systematic changes. So, and capacity building in health center, which is also part of sustainability. So I think sustainability is where, you know, it has to be a collaborative, uh, sustainable efforts in all uh, areas and walks of life now. So what I'm hearing is the motivation really lies through the resilience and, and focusing the messaging around that. But the, but the adoption will take place only when you first wear the sustainable lens or, or, or the framework in mind. Because if we go back to, you know, there's one of my guests said at some point, you cannot ask a broken system to fix what is not working now because it wouldn't have been broken in the first place. And I guess it, it, it comes down to a lot of redefining and repurposing of resources and a shift in the mindset, you know, uh, because uh, I mean, I have worked in India in the healthcare system uh, for many years and public health system. And one thing that I admire that things do work. Like, you know, in India, we, we make things work. No matter what kind of resource is the word. Pardon me? I said Jugadu is a word. Jugad, yeah, I didn't want to use that word, but yeah, Jugad, right? India runs on Jugad. And that's a good thing because that's what they call, that's what the, the, the fancy words for it is, you know, entrepreneurial mindset and this and that. And, and for me, we run on Jugad. That's in our DNA. We can really solve. And like, I love, I love, that I come from a country with so much of richness and culture and emotions. Like we are not even then not emotionally deprived. Like if you see at other cultures, COVID has completely shut them off. Shut like anyways, they were shut. And now this is another level of shutting down, you know, but the warmth, the love and the, it's not even, I'm not even being uh, what do you call esoteric right now? It's, it's, it's genuine because, because where it comes from, is the cultural heritage that like, I don't have to go and do a podcast while doing a PhD and while trying to do a startup. Right. But it is something within me. And this whole thing that they say, right. Dharma, what is your Dharma? What is the right thing, the right action at the right time, you know? And for most of us who don't have to worry about livelihoods at this stage, because we have something that's making us survive in this time, we can offer that help in, in whichever ways, whether it's passing on someone's resume whether it's just like listening for 10 minutes, the multiple way today, no matter what skill you have, even sometimes just physical presence, like just log in and put yourself on mute. That makes a huge difference. You Absolutely. know, yeah, um, it has opened up with open arms towards people. And it's, and, and that's what is a great hope because right now what we need is a lot of hope and, lot of uh, patting on the back and there's a lot of uh, looking forward and India has got that in abundance. We have our uh, list of problems. Uh, I Every day, because of uh, the profile in my corporate life, I'm listening, economy going down, this law, that law. But that is also happening. But there's so much positivity also. You know, we pray, we meditate, we look out for people. You know, that uh, liveliness of India, of just reaching out to people, 
is there and that's a great savior yeah like this say you make all you know that feeling of brotherhood and exactly and, like in my case i can say right you can take an indian out of india but you cannot take the indian out of like the india out of the indian right so like honestly like even now uh, the other day yes just yesterday i was driving and then uh, not driving i was i was taking an uber to go somewhere and the uber guy showed me that he had a, a turmeric which is haldi and ginger and something some juice he made and he's like i i drink this for my immunity and i'm looking at him and i'm like okay good for you and and, and suddenly all these all these things that you see people are looking to and i'm not saying these are the only immunity boosters like we have to follow the entire protocol that's told by who and and the localized but what i'm trying to say is when you come from your cultural heritage which is so rich in every aspect we have relations we we have people in western society the issue is people have nobody to talk to in india the issue is we don't have anyone to open up to and there's a difference you know uh, one is a resource issue and one is a skill issue <laughs> so and i think so much uh, very heartening because you know when i get to my you know serious corporate webinars and you know global the yeah. first thing i'm seeing people doing namaste and it is so gratifying yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so and also humanizing right yeah. like we've had meetings where people's children or dogs are just breaking in and suddenly all that like i'm a macho man doing a business meeting has turned out to be daddy daddy can you do this or something like you know yeah. so the kind of judgment that a lot of women face before because they were juggling between home and work suddenly it's cool when a man has it right and that shows the hypocrisy that's another conversation for another podcast i yeah, well, we both of us can just go on and on it's so close for us so yes so thank you so much preeti oh, it was thank you namrata for giving me this opportunity and uh, i'm always there a phone call away thank you, you thank you thank you thank you so much you're listening to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast with your host Namrata Bagaria.